0: Guess. Uh, did you miss me? <laughs>
1: did
0: you miss us?
2: <laughs> Jameis Winston, that was a good stuff right there. The opening to his presser. We're going to delve into Jameis Winston, Ryan Fitzpatrick as the quarterback turns at one buck place. Welcome to a few extra bucks here on PewterPowers.com, the podcast that is growing by the week. I am Mike Neighbors. We'd like to thank our title sponsors, House of Brews and Lutes on the corner. Of Northdale Mabry and Van Dyke and Sea Dog Brewing Company, two great locations. We appreciate that co tile sponsor as well. And Clearwater and Treasure Island on the beach. Uh, Justin Thomas, our esteemed producer, you have brought down, I think, a record amount of sound for this podcast, haven't you?
1: Just about, yeah. There's a ton of good clips.
2: I'm still trying to get over the whole Billy Joel, Elton John uh, steamroll and Roy Cummings, the last one. But we have more pop culture references coming up in our three and out segment. Uh, let me bring in my other partner, Roy Cummings, our Buccaneer insider. Uh, let's, let's lead off with the quarterbacks, my friend. And, and I think you and I, we don't always agree, but I don't understand any notion that Jameis Winston starting this game. I don't see how it's not Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't care if Dirk Cutter doesn't tell any of us. Dirk, I'm sorry, we know.
3: Yeah, I think we do know, and you you don't, again, I've said this before, you don't bench the best player on your football team, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is still, despite a couple of picks the other night, um, okay, three for those who are keeping track, um, even though they weren't all his fault, you don't bench your best player. He's still their best player. You don't bench your best player. Uh, You don't bench the uh, leading passer in the NFL in terms of yards. You don't bench a guy who's thrown 11 touchdowns against four interceptions, one of which uh, uh, was a result of someone running the wrong route, another was a result of someone uh, tipping a pass because the offensive line wasn't as uh, stout as it has been. Um, You don't bench someone who's uh, completing 70% of his passes. uh, In a downfield scheme, let me emphasize this, fellas, (laughs) in a downfield scheme in which Dirk Cutter, three years ago, told me at the scouting combine in Indianapolis, Jameis Winston will probably never complete 65% of the passes or more that he throws in my scheme because it's too aggressive. We don't dink and dunk. We throw it downfield. I got three guys going deep, and when at least one guy, at least three guys going deep, and at least one guy coming across the middle, I want explosive plays. That's what this offense is about. No one. In fact, you know, this hasn't question hasn't been asked at Dirk Cutter. Maybe we we need to ask it, uh, Mike. Mm -hmm. Has any quarterback – that he's ever had run this offense this well? Well, of course, I guess the answer is no, because Ryan Fitzpatrick also, you don't bench, here's the last one, you don't bench the guy who just set an NFL record by throwing for more than 400 yards in three consecutive games. That's an NFL record. You don't bench that guy. Uh, Even those who believe that, well, he didn't win the other night, Uh, You know, I, I can give you that. That would be the only reason you would even consider it, but you can't consider it. It's real simple. Uh, he's the best player on the team. You don't bench the best player on the team.
2: I couldn't agree more. Let me let me ask you this, though, because this is what intrigues me about Dirk Cutter. You know, he seems to, uh, you know, I had uh, the Athletics Greg Allman on my radio show uh, recently, and, and he, he gave me kind of an interesting example of Dirk Cutter that uh, he's going to find any kind of edge to get that edge in a game plan. You know, find that penny with a bunch of money on the floor. He's going to grab that one penny that will give him the edge, kind of put him over. But, Along those same lines, all right. When Jameis was suspended, Roy, he went out of his way at the beginning of training camp to say Ryan Fitzpatrick is our guy. Okay. He's our guy. Didn't mention Ryan Griffin, kind of poo-pooed that whole competition idea. Then subsequently in the following weeks, when he was asked about Ryan Fitzpatrick and the confidence he had in him, would say, Guys, basically paraphrasing him, he's our guy. I don't know why you're asking me this. Okay. Kept saying that over and over and over again. And that was before the Fitz Magic, Roy. Then we had the Fitz magic the first three games, and I know it wasn't all Fitz magic in the third game, but still there was Fitzmagic. magic. So why is he backing off that now? Why not stay with the narrative that he's our guy when Jameis comes back?
3: Well, because there is a proven alternative, and Jameis Winston. Uh, you know, again, let's go back to the end of last season, uh, which was a kind of an injury marred season for him. Uh, let's not forget that uh, when he came back from that injury and finally was healthy again, those last five games he had a ninety point. Uh, I think it was 90.4 or 90.7 passer rating for those last five games. Uh, More touchdowns than interceptions. Uh, Average about 360, 70 yards a a clip uh, per game there. He looked really good. He looked like he'd taken a big step forward. So there is a a, a viable alternative. Uh, Someone who's played in the league, who's led this team, who's well-respected in the clubhouse, uh, in the locker room, um, a, a guy who uh, you've basically hitched your wagon to, and said he's our quarterback of the future. Um, but the only thing, that tr- the thing that trumps that is this: uh, you're two and one with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Obviously, jobs are on the line. You cannot afford to play games here. You go with the hot hand. You go with the guy that's playing his his best, the best football of his career, and the best football on your team. At the end of the day, you go with the guy who you think gives you the best chance to win. And right now there's no question that's Ryan Fitzpatrick.
2: All right. Ryan Fitzpatrick met the media on Thursday and had a lot of interesting things to say. Let's get to some sound from Ryan Fitzpatrick beginning with uh, the whole quarterback question. How is that going to affect team chemistry? All these uh, quarterback drama.
4: We have a great locker room. Uh, we've got a bunch of unselfish guys and I think that's important. Uh, I think, Communication is probably the most important thing in situations like this. And, you know, just making sure that, you know, everything is out there and, and open and you're honest. And with that, I, I think everybody can respect that.
2: Speaking of the locker room, the one guy who has really been vocal about Ryan Fitzpatrick has been Deshaun Jackson in terms of playing the hot hand, staying with the hot hand. But he was asked everybody's being very politically correct. I asked Ali Marpet yesterday, in the locker room, uh, has he been told who's going to be the starting quarterback? A Rhetorical question, obviously. And he basically said, "Yeah, Dirks mentioned it. Uh, code for I'm not telling you, media boy." So Deshaun Jackson, uh, here's what he had to say when asked about the quarterback situation.
4: At the end of the day, whoever's back there, whoever's throwing the ball, will just uh, you know do our job. I think everyone collectively doing their job is what makes it special. So uh, you know, whoever gets their their number called, whoever it is. Go out there and just uh, you know continue to make plays and win games. That's all that really matters.
2: All right. We have uh, Deshaun Jackson talking about that. Let's go to Ryan Fitzpatrick once again. If he is benched by Dirk Cutter, how will that affect things?
4: I have all the respect in the world for Coach Cutter, and I think every decision that he makes is based on the best – thing for the team and so for him you know he's he's open he's honest I I respect him I think he respects me he respects the guys on the team and he has all of our respect so um, as long as you have those qualities um, and we know that he has the team first in his mind then it's not it's not hard to be a team player. Everybody's
2: saying the right things Roy right now.
3: Yeah, and, and, and that makes sense, um, and I think it's also because I think Dirk made it very clear in, in a meeting, whether it be Tuesday or Wednesday, with the team that, what his plan was and, and why, and one thing that the coach has to keep in mind here is, uh, you know, you have to look at other positions and other players as well. Um, you know, let's say, for example, well, you, you know, right now, Ali Marpet is playing extremely good at left guard let's take that for example if the bucks were suddenly to go you know what we're going to just put evan smith in there just because we like evan smith a lot people would start to wonder what are, we, what are we doing here you don't take the players who are who have earned the opportunity ryan fitzpatrick has earned this opportunity on merit it's not just because Jameis Winston was gone for three weeks he's earned it on merit and if you start playing favorites because somebody's got a bigger contract younger player, future of the team, blah, blah, blah. Uh, then all of a sudden it, it the message is, well, winning may not be our number one priority. We're more about developing young players than we are uh, winning games right now. And that's the quickest way to lose respect in the locker room and lose the locker room because the theory then, the thinking then of the player who gets benched, and his buddies, by the way, and other people on the team is, well, hey, if I'm not in the future plans here, and we've all seen this happen in, in, in every sport at every level, if I'm not part of the future here, well, then, you know, why, why am I even bothering? And, you know, we've seen guys who are playing good football get benched um, in cities. Uh, we've seen, you know, good ba- ba- baseball players get, get benched because they're not part of what we're going to be doing a year from now or two years from now. And if that were to happen now, um, the message would be that we're not in this to win right now. We're in this to develop or do something else. The the, the the objective is something other than winning. And if that becomes the feeling of the players in the locker room, then you start to lose those players. You can't do that. you got to have everybody all in, push, pulling on the same rope in the same direction. And in order to do that, uh, players are in their positions on merit, not based on contract, not based on uh, how old they are, Uh, what you think of him, whether you like him or not, Uh, the time will come naturally, organically, as they like to say nowadays, when Jameis Winston will uh, get the opportunity to step back in as the starter. And and, and hopefully he does as well as Ryan Fitzpatrick. But you've got to let that happen organically. You can't force that. Organically, I, I could not agree more. That's a very... Per, that's a perfect
2: word to describe the situation right now with Jameis Winston. Speaking of Jameis Winston, he met the media this week as well, and was asked a lot of questions. And one of them was, you know, what what's it going to? How hard is it going to be for him to wait, possibly not a week, but maybe a few weeks, or maybe even more than that, to step in for Ryan Fitzpatrick? And this is what he had to say:
0: "I'm I'm here to assist the best way I possibly can. You know, uh, my." My passion for this team, my love for this team goes beyond of where I'm out there throwing the football for this team. And, I, you know, like I said, it's my first day back. Let me enjoy that before I start answering any more questions about that, man.
2: <laughs> I thought James handled himself a lot better than when he had the press conference to begin training camp coming off the three-game suspension. But here's the thing, Roy, and I don't know if you agree with me on this. I'm tired of analyzing Jameis Winston press conferences. I want to analyze Jameis Winston's uh, continued growth off the field, if he can stay out of trouble for a year, two years, three years. And I want to see if he's a better quarterback when he's on the field. I'm hearing some people, whether it's fans or people in the media, oh, boy, he really really seems to have changed. You know what? You have no idea if he's changed. You don't know that. He's going to have to have uh, an extended pattern of behavior on the field and off the field moving forward here.
3: Yeah, I agree. I'm with you on that 100. Uh, percent. Yeah, I'm kind of tired. You know, at this point, it's like, show me, Jameis. Just show yeah. me. You've broken the trust. Don't know whether we can trust you anymore or not. Uh, I still love you as a as a quarterback. Uh, still believe in you as a quarterback. Um, still like you as the person I know, uh, the person that I've dealt with. Uh, still respect you in every way. <clears throat> um, but you know, I, I've got to see that you can stay out of trouble. And be the face of the franchise again, and you know, in essence, earn earn your win, win your job back. I mean, he won the job based on what he did in college and how he performed in training camp that first year, and now he's got to go out and do it again. And I don't think this is a bad thing for him. Um, and I think he's being very genuine also when he says, "I'll do whatever for this team. I really will." And I, and I think I I'd say that because I remember back in college when he was suspended for. Um, his 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 actions in the student union uh, when he got suspended for that one game, he was right there on the sidelines coaching up uh, the next quarterback in line, and and right there, and even though his coach didn't really want him there, he said, "No, I'm going to be there. This is my team, and I'm going to be." There. I, that's who he is. That that's who Jameis Winston is. He he is genuine, and I think um, yeah, I think he means it. Is he going to be happy about it if this goes on for another month? Um, no, he's not. He's going to be very concerned, but. At the end of the day, I think he's also man enough to know that he put this on himself, and this is, these are part of the consequences, that nothing in this league is guaranteed. This is not a right. It's a privilege, and you can lose the privilege real quickly, and I think, that's, uh, I think he's still learning that lesson now as a result of what's happened because now it's not just a matter of missing three games. Now you're missing a fourth game because guess what? Somebody who nobody ever thought would, would be able to do it Stepped up and took your job, and if he if he can do it, somebody else can do it.
2: Roy, I don't know how genuine he is, though. I, I really don't. I, I think he's uh, you know he's the kind of guy that wants to please people. He wants to please his coaches. He wants to please his teammates, but he, he sticks to the talking points. You know, one of them is I'm a different guy. That was two and a half years ago. He brought that up again this week. Well, no, Jameis. Less than a year ago, you lied about everything and you got right behind that podium and you were adamant that you didn't do anything wrong. You put into question the female driver and her credibility. So I have a big problem with that. I have a big problem with his credibility and I'm not a cynical person, but I also wonder, you know, what are the things we don't know about with Jameis Winston? I hope there aren't a lot of things. I hope this was an isolated deal, but the fact that that guy lied and thought he was just going to get away with it by lying makes me wonder, A, he's an entitled guy and B, how many times has he done that to get away with things in his life?
3: Well, I think that's part of the culture of uh, big time college football, uh, number one draft pick worthy player um, face of the franchise type people. I think they do develop kind of a Teflon belief that, uh, you know, everything will, will fall off of me that I can get away with anything. Um, but they sometimes learn the hard way. That's not the case. So I, I see what you're saying. And um you know, I think the thing I'm most disappointed in is, you know, I think I, I look. I <clears throat> I hope that he learned that lying about it is not the answer. That the truth is all. But you know, again, maybe you know what? For all we know, he didn't didn't even remember that night. Who knows? It sounds like he was pretty drunk. So, <clears throat> but if you not remember then, it, don't lie about it. I mean, that's even <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> that, and and and, that, and that's the problem I have is that he lied about it. And but I I still but again, look, he's what 23 years old. I this is a kid who's still maturing. And, and yes, I think part of that is he's still maturing. And yes, I think he still maybe leans towards uh, the, you know, what you said, lying about things because he's so used to getting things his way. Um, I think the message to him has long been, doesn't matter what you do, man, you're going to be okay. You'll, you'll, they'll never hang you. It'll it'll never happen. They'll never, they'll never pin this on you. Uh, And, and I think that he believes it because He's always been favored in that way. And now for the first time, he's not. And um, I think he, hopefully he's learned a big lesson from it this time. Well, he's
2: 24, but here, here are the other facts. Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield are younger than James Winston. You don't see them doing stuff like this. I mean, I, at some point, the guy's got to grow up and he's got to. He's got to, you know, have these press conferences where he's all smiles. I'm happy to be back. I love my team. I put simulated workouts together. I catered for him. Jameis, I don't care about any of that. You know, I don't. You know, that's great that you do all that, but you've done it the last couple of years, and I just, I don't know. I just don't have a lot of faith in him. Maybe as much as you, Roy. I don't wish anything bad on people. I hope he learns from all this, but I'm extremely skeptical right now. Let's get to the relationship between Jameis and Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, first. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, his comments on how he and Jameis have helped each other. It's
4: good to see him, you know, and, uh, you know, he's a guy that I really enjoyed working with and watching him work last year. And, you know, there's there's a lot of things that I think we can teach each other. Um, a lot of things I learned from him, hopefully some things that he learned from me. Um, but it's a it's a good relationship and, you know, we have fun together.
2: And here's Jameis Winston on, on watching Ryan uh, Fitzpatrick do his thing without him as the start of the first three weeks and basically his respect for his veteran backup quarterback, who's now the starter.
0: I mean, I practice with him every single day. You know, this guy hasn't been playing this league for 14 years uh, for for any reason. I mean, plus, when you add the weapons that we have outside, when you add our intense, the hardest work in our building is the offensive line. And when they're protecting the way that they are, uh, you you got you you can do nothing else but go out there and light it up, man. So I'm excited for uh, Fitz, uh, and I'm, I'm I'm excited as a whole as a team. We're playing very good, and like I said, man, I'm happy to be back in the building, and we just got to keep it up.
2: You know what I found interesting, Roy in Jameis's press conference this week is, uh, you know, he went out of his way to say he's happy for the team. He went out of his way to praise Ryan Fitzpatrick, and give him credit for that. But every time he praised Ryan Fitzpatrick. He would say, "But boy, he's got a great offensive line. But boy, he's got a lot of weapons." It was almost like he's been sitting back thinking, "Man, I want to play with those guys. I want to play with all those weapons." I, that's that's kind of what I heard in his press conference in a lot of ways, and you can't blame him, I guess.
3: No, you can't, and uh, it's, it's it's a good uh, it's good catch by you on that. Uh, um, and, and I look, he, he's probably a little envious, and he should be. Uh, he's probably thinking, "If I'd have had that offensive line last year, maybe I wouldn't have gotten hurt." And um you know maybe I maybe I'd have gone to the Pro Bowl or something, but uh, uh, but no, I I think that's just a, again I, I think it's a little envious, but yeah, the, I think the respect for each other there is definitely genuine between Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston. I, Ryan Fitzpatrick we know you know is a guy who says you know what have I got to lose? It, it's all gravy for me. I've had my career. Um, I'd love to still do some things, and if I get the chance, it'll be great. If I don't, you know I'm I'm going to be be very happy with what I've done and. You know, Jameis Winston, I think, is a guy who he really he, – look, he loves being coached. He loves being taught things. He, he he doesn't mind being coached hard. And I think he genuinely appreciates having a guy you – know, first it was Josh McCown. Now it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think he re- genuinely appreciates guys. He has such respect for the position and for the league and for people who have been in the league ahead of him um, that I think he honestly uh, appreciates the fact that he's got a guy – like Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's been through so much, um, so much more than Jameis Winston might ever be, go through because he's been a starter. He's been a backup. He's been on winning teams. He's been on horribly horrible losing teams. He's been responsible for horrible losing teams, been responsible for taking teams to the playoffs. You know, he's been through it all. He's been, you know, king of the hill and and a guy that everybody wants to, uh, you know, dump in the, in the river. So um, I think Jameis knows that and looks at it and says, here's a guy who's, you know basically run the gamut of what quarterbacks go through in this league and uh, every time I have an issue I can turn him and say hey how did you handle this what you know what do I do here my guess is he probably even you know sought out Ryan Fitzpatrick and say hey man what do I do during these first these three weeks when I'm not doing anything you know when I can't play with what do I do even though you've never been there what do I do and I my guess is he probably listened to whatever he had to say. Roy you had eight different Buccaneers catch a pass from Ryan Fitzpatrick
2: and if you look at Adam Humphreys, Cam Braid, Deshaun Jackson, O.G. Howard, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, they combined for 23 catches. So the football's spreading all around this offense. How do the wide receivers feel about that? We asked Deshaun Jackson.
4: It just shows to the work we put in off offseason. Um, you know, them guys worked hard to, you know, uh, put ourselves in a great position to take advantage of opportunities. And, you know, once our players are getting called, everyone's making their play. So, yeah. Uh, exciting thing to have a group of guys that's able to go out there and compete and play play good together
2: what do you think of that roy I, i think you know one thing i'll say is you've covered this football team for a long time and i remember mike evans said this in training camp this is the most talented team he has seen since they've been there and you go in the locker room obviously everybody's looser the music's playing uh you know they're shooting hoops they're playing ping pong more when they're winning but it seems like a uh, the best chemistry I've seen in this Bucks team for a while, in, in some time.
3: Well, I think you're right, and I think one of the reasons for that is that they're all very confident that uh, this is a team that's a lot better than its record uh, indicated a year ago and that uh, they're ready to do something special. And uh, it's interesting. You know, I think the important thing is you don't have a diva here anywhere. You don't have a diva at running back. You don't have a diva at quarterback. You don't even have a diva at wide wide receiver. You know, Deshaun Jackson was humble last year. Um, arguably you know one of, one of his worst seasons of his career. And he was partially responsible for that because he you know, didn't show up uh, on time and uh, didn't hang out during OTAs and get to know his teammates and his quarterbacks. Um, Mike Evans is not that guy. You know, When Mike Evans tells you, I don't care if I catch any passes as long as we win, he means it. And yeah. he knows he's going to get his 1,000 his yards at the end of the day. Chris Godwin is a kid trying to make it. Adam Humphreys is just glad to be here. Uh, and sometimes probably can't believe the success he's had. Uh, O.J. Howard uh, knows he's going to he's gonna be a stud in this league. Uh, you look at Cam- and Cameron Bray, he's, he's another guy who says, hey, I- I'm just lucky to be here, but I'm a pretty darn good football player. And the other thing is they're all competing with each other, but in a good way. And yeah. I think that you know everyone's being pushed. I think Todd Munkin has made it clear to these guys that, hey, if you think you're the best receiver in this, on this team – Go out and show it, and, and show it on Sunday. Show it in practice, and then show it on Sunday, because guess what? If you're not, the guy next to you or the guy three three uh, levels below you on the roster is going to get the chance to do it, and he's going to – prove because guess what? The fifth guy in this roster, on this receiving core, is as good as the first. I can tell you that right now. And if you think you're you're the best, well, you better just show it every day. Uh, and I think that healthy competition is making these guys uh, – uh, you know, it, I think it's really helped them. And in terms of the chemistry, I think you just got a bunch of guys that really like each other and respect each other. And I think that's a big part of it.
2: Yeah, that's great perspective. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick was asked today uh, about his, uh, you know, growing the growing legend of Fitz and he admitted, you know, taking the family to Chick Fil A. More people are noticing him. More people are coming up for pictures and just to talk. And but he seems to have been has an appeal to the common man. Uh, just a guy who's paid his dues, a guy who's not too not flashy at all, who doesn't take himself too seriously. Speaking to Sean Jackson, the whole post game and the Philadelphia Eagles game, and Ryan Fitzpatrick addressed his connection to the fans with uh, everything that's going on so far in the first three games.
4: And I just try to be, I try to be the same person every day. You know, other than the those two seconds after a touchdown. You know, normally I'm fairly fairly calm and just try to go about my business, you know, being a, a good teammate, good husband, good father, uh, good friend, good coach, whatever it is when I'm out in the community. And, uh, you know, we've, everywhere we've lived, we've kind of integrated ourselves nicely into each community and getting involved and with, with different sports and school activities. And so, uh, I don't know, it's just who I am.
2: He's, he is what he is, isn't he? I mean, he he, he doesn't, Give you a lot of flash, but uh, it's it's very easy to like this guy. Well,
3: it is, and I think one of the things that is so appealing about him is that he's so much different than uh, a lot of the other quarterbacks, players in this league. This is a guy like your neighbor. He gets up early in the morning, goes to work, works hard every day, comes home, uh, you know, hopefully before the sun goes down, and uh, plays with his kids. He's, he's a good family man. He, you know, uh, he's got six kids. He's, you know, he's, he's so the, clearly the family is, is first with him. And I think there's just a lot of respect for that, that he's, he's the every man um, who just happens to be a, a, a quarterback in the NFL. Uh, and I think that comes out of him. And you don't see that with a lot of other players around the NFL. You just don't. Um, I mean, you can't name too many guys who are, uh, because first of all, a lot of them are very young, um, but he's relatable. He, he's relatable to, to everybody. And uh, it's hard not to respect a guy, you know, who, who lives his life the way he does um, and just kind of survives the way he does as well in a league where, you know, usually you're gone if, if you don't play a good game, you know, the past Sunday. And uh, he He's survived and he's uh, he's he's really uh, done a good job with his career and uh, he keeps hanging in there and uh, the fact that he he's playing so well is kind of like the cherry on top of the Sunday.
2: No doubt about it. Well, listen, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the Chicago Bears with all this quarterback gibber uh, jabber that we've had to deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know it's really a good matchup when you look at it, Roy. I mean, the Bears defense against the Bucks offense and then you have the Bears offense which uh, is going to be challenged to put up points that the Bucks' offense has been putting up the first three weeks of the season. What do you make of this matchup? I think it's a
3: really an intriguing game. Well, yeah, it is. You've got one of the best offenses in the league right now going up against, well, let's say, I say best. We one of the hottest offenses in the league right now going up against one of the hottest defenses. And so it's a classic matchup, you know, it's, it's, it's fastball pitcher against fastball hitter. It's uh, uh, it's a fun one to watch. And this it, to me, it's another test to the Buccaneers. You know, how legit is this offense? Um, how legit is Ryan Fitzpatrick? How good is that offensive line, really? They got, you know, they got a little bit of a wake-up call last week against the Steelers. Um, and lo and behold, here comes the best uh, pass rush in the NFL right now, and um, uh, led by Khalil Mack. So look out. Uh, this is going to be the biggest test of that O-line, probably of Ryan Fitzpatrick, maybe even the receivers. Um and uh, I think it's a, and to me it's a good test of the defense. This is a game where the Bucks should be able to go out defensively, and do what Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks and John Lynch and Ronnie Barber used to say in the old days, which in essence was, give us seventeen points and we'll take care of the rest. Um, I don't think this game turns out quite like that, but this is a game where the defense has to take that mentality into it and say, you give us seventeen, we'll take care of the rest, because it's Mitch Trubisky who's not Carson Wentz. He's not Pat Mahomes. He's uh, he's just on a, a level below that right now. Uh, I would say he's not even Jameis Winston. And um, it, it's a team that, that the, the the defense should have a good day. And the offense, well, they may have to you know they may have to take a a, a back seat to the to the defense in this one. This one might have to be won by uh, defensive and special teams. But uh, so that's what makes it intriguing the, that hot offense. May not be the most uh, potent part of the, the Bucs. It may not be what decides this game for the Bucs. So let's put it that way.
2: No doubt about it. Well, listen, we're a half hour in the podcast. If you're just checking us out here on A Few Extra Bucks, we like to have fun down the stretch. And you know what time that is, Justin Thomas. Yeah, baby, three and out. Three questions for Roy Cummings and just like about... a
3: Billy Joel song to me.
2: Oh. <laughs> you know what? Billy. Joel. We're gonna get to that in just a second. But by the way, you are one of the few human beings I know who loves the Bachelorette and hates Billy Joel. You know, <laughs> but but I like Elton
3: John. <laughs> I like Elton John, too. I don't hate Elton John. I think they're both great. That's pretty good. Who lo- likes the Bachelorette but doesn't like Billy Joel? <laughs> I've never – That's your Twitter profile. I don't know what it says about <laughs> me, but, uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll have to own that for sure. Oh, my goodness.
2: At least you like Michael McDonald. Oh, wait. Michael, oh, Bob Seger. Right. Oh, wait. No, no, no. Oh, sorry. My- uh,
3: I, I can do without the Doobie Brothers with Michael McDonald. The Doobie Brothers before, uh I take them all day long. You know, I can't wait to buy your Christmas presents this year. It's gonna be a lot of fun, my friend.
2: Because I know <laughs> well, so much
3: more about all you. Right. You you'll learn this right now. You know what's number one on my Christmas list? What's that? I want all the listeners to know, to know this because if you'd like to, you know, uh <laughs> you know, go out and get me a present, here you go. I have no idea what's coming here, by so, the way. The fiftieth anniversary edition, six box or six C D box set of the Beatles White album is coming out. Oh. And that's number one on the list, right there. Wow, I thought you were going to see like a House of Brews gift card or something well, like that. I didn't I, know. <laughs> by the way, perfect stocking stuffer, and I mean that. Perfect yes. stocking stuffer, and yes. now you got to start thinking about. it. I mean, you go into you know stores around town, and, and already Christmas ornaments and stuff and are out there for sale. Trees are up in some places in the stores. They're they're ready for it. You know, it, they're not going to wait until Halloween. Uh, so you know, you start thinking about those stocking stuffers. In fact. House of Brews gift cards might not be a bad thing to give out on Halloween. Hey, I like that. That I may dress
2: up like a sea dog for Sea Dog Brewing. <laughs> That's a heck of an idea. I hope there. I hope our sponsors are listening because we're giving a quality quality plugs here. All right, three and out. Our first question: If you could bring one of these guys back and only one to not only play this Sunday but to play well, would it be Vita Vea or Ronald
3: Jones? You know what? I'm going to take Ronald Jones because this week more than any other week, I think the bucks are going to need a running game to slow up that, to slow that and slow down that pass rush, make those play action fakes work. Um, so I'm picking Ronald Jones for this one. I, I think the bucks need to run the ball better. This is a game where I think they have to try to emphasize the run a little bit more um, because it's going to be tough no matter who the quarterback is to stand in there for those, whatever it is, 2.8, seconds uh and look downfield and execute this offense the way it's designed this is a tough one um to me a good game plan would be to run the ball a little bit more than they have and i think they would need ronald jones for that just because peyton barber hasn't quite shown us in the regular season what we saw in the preseason not that that can't change but uh, if ronald jones could come out and hit a home run for you that'd be nice
2: yeah, Bo Allen looks like uh, you know he's still banged up, so it'd be good to have Vita Vei in there. But I think, yeah, I think that's why it's a tough question. I would rather have Ronald Jones as well because, boy, if this guy could really turn it around for the Bucks, it would really be fun to watch this offense with the running game. All kinds of possibilities moving forward. Okay, I'm gonna do a kind of a game within a game here, Roy. A little kind of a rapid fire thing for you, all right? Okay. In the NFC, I'm gonna play a little pretender contender. Okay. okay. Pretender contender. In the NFC, you have the Rams that have been the class so far, the only undefeated team remaining at 3-0. and And, boy, they've looked good, but they have some injuries. to Tlaib kind of hurts their cause a little bit. We'll see how they are moving forward. So they're the class of the NFC so far, but you have six and 2-1 teams, okay? okay. I'm going to name you the teams, and you say
3: contender or pretender, okay?
2: okay? The Philadelphia Eagles.
3: Contender. Um, uh, they still have most of the pieces left from uh, last year's Super Bowl team. Carson Wentz uh, looks uh, looks like he, he didn't miss anything by being hurt last year. He came back very strong in that first game. Um, I think they're a well coached team. Uh, they're they're a contender for sure, especially in the ultra weak NFC East. <laughs> It's unbelievable how bad the Cowboys still are. It's it just amazing. And, and the me. Giants can't get out of their own way. And then you got the Redskins. Any team run by Bruce Allen is just a disaster. So uh I don't know why anybody employs that guy, but at the end of the day they do. So Well, that was my next team, the Redskins, so I guess I have your answer right. uh, pre- <laughs> A pretender with a capital P. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right, you're Chicago Bears. You know, I, by the way, you know why the you know why the Redskins are a pretender? Because Bruce oh, Allen man. is a pretend general manager and a pretend <laughs> executive in the NFL. That is your guy, Bruce, Bruce Allen. Been, he should have stuck with being uh, an agent. He, he would have been a lot better off. He wouldn't have destroyed a couple of football teams the way he destroyed the Bucks for a while and the way he's destroyed the, the Redskins. So, anyway, you know, ju- next
2: you know, Justin, one of Roy's most enjoyable experiences as a reporter was covering a Bruce Allen pre-draft press conference.
3: <laughs> covering anything Bruce Allen was involved with—be <laughs> envious, my That's friend. Very, very envious of the job he has. I don't know how it how it's happened. <laughs> All right, uh, Chicago Bears. I say they're a contender, and here's why. Um, I'm a little concerned about the Lions in the division. Um, a little concerned about the, the Vikings in the division. Uh, the Packers, uh, they're a one, you know, if 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 Aaron Rodgers goes down, they're done. Um, I believe in defense. It still wins in this league, and I think they might have the best defense in the NFL. One of them, certainly. Uh, the Bears are a contender, and that's why I think this game against the Bucks is a big test for Tampa Bay. It, to me, it's another, um, you know, the Bucs still have to prove themselves, and I think this is kind of one of those games where they get that chance. Carolina Panthers. I'm going to say they're a contender because I I don't think there's a weak team in the NFC South. I really don't. And uh, I think Carolina is better than a lot of people give them credit for. Um, I've always liked their coach. Ron Rivera is good. Cam Newton, I think, is getting better. I don't think he's ever going to be, um, you know, the, the Cam Newton that everybody wants him to be, that MVP. I don't think he's ever going to reach that level again and be consistent that way. but. Uh, I think they've got enough weapons throughout that team to make it work. And um, you know what? They're kind of like perfectly situated, you know. Um, Weather-wise, they're never going to have to play in scorching, ridiculous heat that affects them. It's never going to be ridiculously cold for them. And then when they go on the road for two of their division games, they're always indoors. So I I think they have a lot of things going for them that are intangibles. And I think the talent is just good enough. They're definitely a contender. They'll be there at the end uh, knocking on the door. New Orleans Saints, Pretender. Oh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> you love you love just you love Um country.
3: Here's why: seven and nine for three years under your 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 boy there, uh, Peyton, and uh, and and I, I still believe in in Drew Brees. Uh, no doubt about that. About that, I, I believe in Alvin Kamara.
2: That's okay, though, but I, I just
3: I I don't think there's enough talent. I think I think they've got. Some of the best players in the game at their position: Breeze, Camara, Cameron Jordan. But I just think that as a whole, they're not as strong as Atlanta. Maybe not as strong as Tampa Bay, and probably not as strong as as Carolina. I'm going to say they're a pretender. Um, they could still go eight and eight, but I don't think they'll be in a, I don't think they'll be a playoff team. That Michael Thomas guy's not bad. They get Mark Ingram back soon. Just saying. Yeah, I hear you. They, like I said, they've got. Some some of the better players at their position in the league. The problem is, I don't think they have the depth, and I don't think they have the the rest. I, I think they're a team that you look at them and you talk about Breeze, Kamara, Thomas, uh, Cameron Jordan, uh, a couple others, and you say, wow, wow, look at that. But then you look at at the next level, and it's like, oh yeah, all right, well that's not that's not special.
2: All right, so your last one, six two and one teams in the NFC, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
3: They are contenders. They are contenders because I still don't think the defense has gotten, uh, it's, you know, has found its footing yet. Um, At least we better hope so. Um, And I think they've got two very good quarterbacks. And look, the bottom line is no team in the NFL has the offensive weapons that the Buccaneers have. No team. No team has their depth at receiver, their depth at tight end. Uh, the running game, I think, is going to come around. I think the offensive line is going to be better. They're going to be a different Buccaneers team than we're used to seeing. This is going to be a team that's going to pro- probably be carried by the offense. The defense is going to have to hang on. It's tough to play in defense in the NFL anyway. But I think, look, they've already they've already beaten one of those NFC uh, South teams uh, on the road. Uh, they get they get them at home. I think they're capable of winning in Atlanta. I just I think they're a contender. I really do.
2: I agree with you on everything except the Saints. I, I think it's gonna. It's amazing to me how good the NFC South is. This is one of the best divisions we've seen in recent memory in the NFL. I think the Falcons are pretenders, and I I thought they were they were my Super Bowl pick before the year. So many injuries though on defense. I think that's really going to hurt them. So I think I think the Bucks, the Saints, and the Panthers could all make the
3: playoffs. How about yeah, that I, in the NFC? South? I, I I wouldn't disagree. I guess the the bad thing is one of those teams is not going to make the playoffs. And, and, and you know, which one is it going to be? You toss a coin in the air and, you know, you got a better chance of picking it that way.
2: Exactly. All right. Last week, we bring Justin Thomas back in. I was uh, cornered because I picked Billy Joel over Elton John. We like to do pop culture for our last question in our three and outs. I got hammered. But then I did kind of an informal poll on Twitter and it was nine out of ten for uh, the piano man. Just saying. But uh, here's the pop culture one this week. Okay. And I'm going to bring Justin in here first so so maybe uh, Roy can think about this. Who's your favorite actor? Who has the best body of work? However you want to look at it. Who has the best body of work? We'll say that. Robert De Niro or Al Pacino?
1: All right, I've been thinking about this because I knew this question was coming.
2: That's why I want to give Roy time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'll try and stall as long as I can, Roy, because it's a tough question. I still don't know... If I can give a definitive answer, I think, uh, I think I'm leaning Robert De Niro. I, I I think when I think of all the movies I've seen between the two, I tend to like more Robert De Niro movies.
3: Roy, all right. I'm going to preface this by saying this: Robert De Niro has, because he's got his own company and he's. He's trying to build up a, a. I guess it's a production company. I don't know all the details, so I might be getting something wrong. But he's got his own film company now, and he's basically willing to do every. In fact, if, if Mike, if you and I and Justin put together a, a script right now and do it, um. So he's become a little bit like the Rolling Stones, where he's out there a little bit too much, doing a little bit too many things. Um, you know, he's he's not box his gold anymore. But I'll say this about Robert De Niro. He's more wide ranging than Pacino. And that, therefore, I take De Niro in this because I think he can do more. He can be the tough guy uh, in Goodfellas or the tough guy in Casino. And then he can be, you know, Mr. Fokker in, you know, in, <laughs> in, in, in Meet the Parents. Um, or he can be, well, actually, yeah, not Mr. Fokker, but, you know, he can be the guy in Meet the Parents or he can be the guy in The Intern. You know, he can do, yeah. he can play that, that light role and, and make it work. I don't see, I don't see Pacino doing that. Um, I mean, and, and De Niro, I mean, look, I, you're talking about, okay, who had, who probably had the best, you know, who who probably p- played their role the best. I just might have to take De Niro and raging bull, man. That was, it doesn't get much better.
1: That's yeah. That's a great movie.
3: You know, We're not
2: Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith here, but this is not staged. (laughs) I I don't want to disagree with you every time, but I'm going to have to agree with you this time. I will say say this. I thought uh, Al Pacino's best movie is one of my favorite movies. In my opinion, it was Scent of a Woman. I thought that was a great movie, one of my all-time favorites. -ah! But Robert De Niro, to me, for everything you said, I agree with. Um, and I will say, one of his best movies, I don't know if this, if this is going to strike a chord with you guys, Midnight Run, oh. he and Charles Roden, <laughs> a, Fantastic. One of my all-time
3: favorites. A classic. If, if you <laughs> haven't, a, a cult classic. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Some of the best, if you're a movie line guy, and we don't do a lot of that here, or we haven't up to this <laughs> point, that that movie's full of movie lines. It's just... It's it's nothing but one line after another. You're right. Midnight Run is exceptional. And I you know what we didn't mention, guys? Dear the Deer Hunter. What?
1: Oh, I forgot about that, but that's a great deer movie. Hunter.
3: Too. And here's the thing with Pacino. Every time I think of Pacino and, and I think of his acting career, yeah, obviously you you know, you think of The Godfather and The Godfather Part Two, and well then you think about The Godfather Part Three, and then you think about Devil's Advocate and you say God, what a goof. I mean, you know, to me, that's how I see it. So, um, and by the way, you know, how good was De Niro in Godfather Part Two? I mean, you know, y- he was tremendous. Yeah.
2: Plus, Al Pacino loses a lot of points for being in an Adam Sandler movie. Yes,
3: too. I agree. <laughs> although De Niro, although maybe that, you know what, maybe that's where De Niro draws the line. I won't do an Adam <laughs> Sandler movie. <laughs>
2: Uh, you you know, know Adam Sandler to me, and we can get into this down the road, is one of the most overrated people ever in Ooh. terms of making a lot of money. I, I think I don't, I don't think he's funny. I think uh, some of the stuff on Saturday Night Live was funny, but
3: his movies, I don't like
2: any of his movies. I, I'm time. with you 100.
3: I, I, th- I think. Are we agreeing this week? Oh my no, god! Uh, look, Adam Sandler, I, I don't get it. I, I, I'm sorry, I just don't. I don't find any of his stuff funny. His best movie, in my opinion, was Fifty First Dates. Because he had to play it fairly straight. He wasn't playing yep. an idiot. And, and 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 by the way, his idiot's always the same idiot. So yeah, yeah. you know, um and, and you know, look, yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't find Adam Sandler funny. He did some cute things on Saturday Night Live. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not watching Adam Sandler movies. I just can't waste my time and money.
2: He along with Jim Rome, they're all on my overrated list. We'll have to come up with an overrated list of just people that just have made a ton of money and I don't get it, but uh You know what? That was a good debate. Uh, Guys, I enjoyed it. Justin, did we leave anything out? Well, I was going to say
1: for a a good compromise between De Niro and Pacino, if uh, no one's seen it, everyone should see Heat. They both show up in that movie, and that is an excellent movie where both of them are excellent in it.
3: Good point, Justin. I have not seen that. Have you seen that one? Yeah, I did, and um, I would have been a little more uh, excited about that claim had I liked the movie.
1: I don't like the movie.
3: <laughs> I like the, the movie. So I have, understand. and I don't want to ruin it for people who haven't seen it, or for you, Mike, but it just, and, and something. And look, when you go to the movies, you have to, you know, you are setting realism aside just a little bit most of the time. Um, but at the end of the day, this one lost me, you know, in the penultimate scene, you know, where the showdown comes, and it's like, on the streets of L.A., and, oh, yeah, this is going on on the streets of L.A. Uh, you know what I mean there, Justin? Uh, I'm,
1: that's uh, a, I think that's one of the best uh, shootout scenes ever
3: recorded. And it never would happen in real life. It never would yeah, even come close right. to happening in real life.
1: Uh, you got to turn off your brain and just enjoy it.
3: But they wanted my brain to be engaged all the way through. <laughs> it wasn't James Bond. I, I, they wanted my ba- brain to be engaged all the way through. And then at the end, I'm supposed to buy into this? I can't do it. Can't
2: do it. Folks, if you're still listening at this point of the podcast, let's all give him a round of applause.
3: We went to this segment, man.
2: Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe if we see a, a graph of our analytics next month, yeah, really? we'll go through the friggin' roof. <laughs> well, listen, guys, um, last thing, uh, predictions for the – Roy was the only one that nailed the prediction. He pred- predicted Steelers last week. Justin, what do you think bears uh, Bucks.
1: Well, first I want to say Roy Dick was correct in picking the Steelers to win, but I think I came closest on the score. I just had the team swapped Uh, (laughs) for this week.
2: That's kind of a technicality, Justin.
1: (laughs) No, hey, I'll take anything I can get. (laughs) But, uh, you know, this week I think the the, the key factor is what Bears offense is going to show up and if it's the offense that's been struggling lately – I don't know. I, I this is a tough one for me. I, I think I think Bears are going to pull off a close win. What you got? Um, I'm going to keep it low scoring. Let's go. Ooh, let's go twenty to
2: seventeen. Okay, I'm writing them down this
3: week. Uh, Roy, what you got? Uh, Justin and I are in agreement here. I think uh, I think that defense uh, does a number on the Bucks. Uh, the Chicago defense, I mean. And I think the Bucks' defense is just a little bit too banged up to really, you know, even hold the the, the, the somewhat struggling Bears at bay. Um, Bears twenty three, Buccaneers eighteen. Does Jameis Winston see the field? Um, no.
1: Only if he's hurt. I mean, only if Fitzpatrick gets hurt. Yeah. yeah, I
3: agree with that. He sees the field a week later.
2: Yeah, you know they benefit that they're going up to Chicago. Uh, in the month of September, that's that's good for this football team that they're not going yeah. in uh, late November, December. That they have that going for them. But yeah, I don't know. Something just, just does not feel good about this game. And the Bears' defense is was good anyway. Then they get Khalil Mack, and they're they're animals over there. I mean, it's unbelievable how good they can be. And they're only going to get better every week too. I believe that. And I think the offense for the Bears is going to get a little bit better too. And I agree with Roy. That secondary for the Bucks scares me to death right now with all the injuries and all the inexperience. I think the Bucks lose this game. I'm going to say a low scoring game, 20, uh, not maybe, maybe kind of mid range, I guess. I'm going to say 24, 21 game, winning field goal by the bears. Oh, there you go. Even closer than I thought. So yeah. Okay. So, all right, we'll compare notes uh, next, next time around, but guys, I appreciate it. Uh, I'd like to thank Justin Thomas. I'd like to thank Roy Cummings, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino. And remember, last week uh, we have to thank Billy Joel and Elton John. And if you want to contribute to that poll, it's on pewterpirates.com. We've had some interesting feedback on that. So check out and weigh in on is it Billy Joel or Elton John? So we like to mix everything in here on pewterpirates.com. Appreciate our title sponsors, House of Brews and Sea Dog Brewing Company. And remember, subscribe to pewterpirates.com, everybody. It's free. It's free. You don't have to pay anything. That's another rendition of A Few Extra Bucks. We'll see you next time.